Welcome to the Food Coma Podcast. Today we have the distinct honor uh, of welcoming Mindy Fox, who, I mean, if I actually took the time to discuss your resume, there really wouldn't be any time left for the show. Uh, we are actually, I am, I am both entertaining and interviewing today, which is, so you're here at Shea Riccio, which, you know, it has a... You would never know a bachelor lived here ever, right? <laughs> it is a charming spot. <laughs> and I love the greeting I got when I came in. Oh, the Tony. By your furry friend. Yes, Tony is the uh, He's pretty cute. mascot. Look, just just happy happy to be part of things. Tony, we'll get into you later. We'll we'll put you on the on the mic. Um and uh, yeah, I made some coffee and I was talking about how I'm feeling like I'm in a little bit of a, a coffee uh, slump. I'm just had, had a couple weeks where it's not tasting the same to me, and you had me uh, adjust my my grind, and it worked out. It worked out well. Yeah, I have learned from being obsessed and completely addicted to coffee to get to really caffeine. But I love coffee. I mean, I like other versions of caffeine, but I love coffee. That you know, you can have a different bean, and you might need to adjust your grind setting just because of the bean, even if you're using the same method of brewing the coffee, yeah. which is pretty interesting. And yeah, so if you get obsessed with a bean and you, it's easy because once you have your setting down, you don't have to change it. But Joe, you've got a nifty subscription you were telling me I about. I do. I've been, I've been, I've been tasting some different coffees and, uh, and yeah, any, basically anything that I can get obsessed with, uh, I'm pretty much into now it was funny. You you moved to to Maine. What two years? Three it's years ago. It's been almost four years. Has it now. been almost four years? See, that's the thing. But somehow Time we didn't flies. Somehow we didn't meet. Everybody was like, "How the hell have you not met Mindy Fox?" We didn't meet until like two and a half years ago or something. Or actually, it was it was, this, it was ni- 2019. It was the April of, of yeah. 2019. Yeah, and, I remember uh, that meeting quite well. Yeah. Because I was running to, I was thinking the last person on the boat, I jumped onto the boat at, um, <laughs> Sebasco. <laughs> yes, Sebasco. I was just like feeling like I was af- afraid that I was going to say the wrong thing. Like I knew I wanted to say yeah. it, then I was like, you know what? I, what I, if I mess up? I, what if I, I feel say like the, wrong the thing? people at Sebasco are going to be like, I actually love that them. place and I want to go back because yeah. I want to go bowling. Well, remember there they had that, cra- yeah, they had a crazy, yeah. like, we had so much fun there. But I remember I was racing to get on, it was the beginning of a really amazing overnight at Sebasco. And um, I think I was the last person to arrive and I was running and I like leapt onto the boat and I was like, Joe. Yeah. And that was, and we hugged and everybody was concerned because I kept insisting that I wasn't going to wear a jacket. And I stand by the fact that I was perfectly fine. I like it when it's really cold, but you can tell that I was, I was actually literally making other people cold (laughs) just by not wearing a jacket myself i you know i had my my usual uniform literally the same thing i'm wearing right now um but we were out on the water and it was definitely still a little wintry that day and that was that resort was really cool because they had like a a 19 like was it 40s bowling alley that it was like yeah 
It was entirely made of wood. I, I know that. It was beautiful, and I, it just was like right. The whole place was right out of Dirty Dancing, it which one hundred percent. I just have to out say, of Dirty I hadn't even. I was the only person in the universe who hadn't seen that movie at that time, but I knew you had not it, seen Dirty Dancing seen as it. of two and a half years ago. I only saw it last summer. At the Stonington drive-in, th- at this makeshift drive-in, that which was the absolutely most delightful and perfect way to see that movie, and I'm so glad that I didn't see it like on my computer, which would have been well, well, that sad. Ruin the whole thing, or it's even on my so... TV, which is a decent. It's not huge, but it's decent size. But like to see that movie at a drive-in. Yeah, I mean, it was just <laughs> perfect in the summer. You, know, you ever had was, to see the movie at the drive-in, or you had to be watching it at home? I guess like, so in with the summer, the, uh, you don't have a drive-in in the winter, but I don't think. I, we, well, I would. Remember, I don't. I don't, do I don't remember, I don't wear a jacket. Um, <laughs> anyway, the, it was like you have to see it either that way, or like with the VCR tracking all fucked up on the on the TV screen, you have to go adjust it. That's the other way to watch Dirty Dancing when you have like the copy that right. somebody recorded over right. or whatever. Well, I loved it. I mean, I loved it way more than I thought I was going to love it. And I can't wait to see it again. It was completely adorable. And, um, but somehow I knew at Sabasco that we were in a dirty dance, you know, we were in a version of Dirty Dancing, the movie. You just felt it. Yeah. Well, that's, that, and it was fun. That means it was meant to be. Anyway. And, um, yeah, it was great. So, anyway, to it took us a while to meet. It did. To say, and I, I also, I had like into somebody... Joe Riccio, the legend, I was, I knew that, you know, <laughs> I was wanting to meet you. Here, too. here in my town, <laughs> she's in my town, you tell me. Because I think I ran into somebody at, at Hannaford and Yarmouth, and they were basically like, yeah, Mindy Fox, you haven't met her yet. Well, right now she's in Iceland with like Bjork and somebody. <laughs> Um, but she'll be back. And I'm like, who is this mythical creature? And look, I'm just like humble little me. I'm just so not mythical. Were you with Bjork in Iceland? Or I not? was with Gail Simmons in Israel, maybe, <laughs> which is kind of the same thing, right? <laughs> which is a perfect segue into your, your cookbook career, which is illustrious to say the least. Gail Simmons being a, a both. And you a... wait, I just have to say that Nancy Silverton and Ruth Reichel were also there. And so was Mitchell Davis and Sarah Carey. It was an amazing trip. So basically Bjork. It was a three and a half day <laughs> trip and we ate way too much food. Like I actually felt I was having a hard time. Nice. Other people were not seeming to have as much of a hard time with the <laughs> amount of food we were eating. But I don't know. I'm going to pack a little differently yeah. next time I go on a trip like that to that place, which is incredible in terms of, I mean, you don't want to stop eating. The food is so gorgeous and beautiful and fresh and just amazing. Like you think, you know, those flavors until you go there and then it's, it's just mind blowing. It's 10, it's that times, you know, a million. Yeah, it's like I think you know Odo Lange is a great starter, but, right? But go there and really see. You know, he's a great he's great to get you excited about it. Yeah, you know. I mean, yeah. Or if you have something good here, Middle Eastern food, you know, in the U.S., and then you go to Israel and you think you know what those things are going to taste like because you think you know what you know roasted eggplant with tahini and yogurt and mint is going to taste like. It's just you know. 
a hundred billion times even better yeah, than. So you've had it made in those climates, even you yeah, know, even just little. T- as we both know, everything from right. the air to the water to the you know, the soil, change how a norm an ingredient would taste if even if it's made exactly the same way, someplace else. That is true. Yeah, that is true. Ingredients are everything. They the are. quality of the ingredients. Yeah. That's why a lemon in Greece, you know, might not taste like a lemon. You get at Hannaford and Yarmouth. But, I mean, who, who, who am I to say? You know, maybe that's just my palate. I have no idea. Um, so you obviously, I want to talk about your cookbooks. And I know you have a lot of, because I know you have a lot of projects going on. And I obviously wanted to spend some time talking about your books and I think a good book, like, would you like to start at the beginning mm. with a, you know, with a, a bird in the oven? Well, the begin, the actual beginning. So we're sitting here with books in front of us and yes. it's, it's, thank you for having all these books here. Oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> it's great books. to see. And um, I mean, the very beginning of cookbooks for me was, um, you know, some books that are not here because I did some, I worked on the first cookbook opportunity that I had was for, um, to help someone with an Atkins cookbook. And then after I did that, I actually did worked on two of those. And then just by sheer coincidence, someone I knew needed help with, a South Beach Diet cookbook, which these aren't, these were not, I had come from being a chef, working in kitchens, cooking in kitchens, and, you know, in restaurants, and then um, working as an editor at Saver Magazine, which was, you know, the holy grail to me, and, like, still to this day, the best job I have ever had, and I just, you know, hold in my heart still, um, and and refer back to that sort of place in my career, just mentally a lot because it was so incredible and it was such a a amazing growth time for me and just in my career, but um. And the standards of everything there were just, you know, the highest, you know, the visual, the writing, the reporting, the researching, fact checking, every single thing. Honestly, it was so exciting. uh, On our 70s kitchen show, um, one of the dishes I make is a a Bahian beef stew with a Malaquita chili salsa that is literally inspired from a Savor from 2007. Amazing. That I had, I had made a couple times out of, out of that, that issue and just had never, had never forgotten. I think I, it, I had made it once in like 2012 and then I was like, I, I need to, this is such a, like an important dish that I, I need to put this on the, you know, it was, it was, you know, thickened with a cassava flour with a mandioca flour. Love and, that. And uh, it was just absolutely gorgeous. Smoky calabrese sausage. And, and you know, it, what inspired me about it was actually when I lived in Boston in 2013, I was actually able to go to Brazilian markets and source the carne seca and the, the real calabrese and the real 
chilies and you know and the the uh, the palm oil, um, but it's actually the the different name in, in Brazil for the for the it's the same thing basically the red palm oil I think it's dende oil right uh, is what they generally call it. Which is like such a distinct right. scent and, and flavor, and also you know? sp- such a sp- specific uh, ingredient that you don't see. Yeah, but now they have it in Hanford and Yarmouth. Did you know that? I did not. They have the palm oil, yeah, palm nut oil. That's pretty cool. Yeah, but anyway, I was well, sp- speaking to the just the longevity of Savor. Um, I is why know, I, and I, maybe we'll circle back to that because yeah, of course, I. Uh, I would, you know. And you would La Cucina as well, right? La Is Cucina that... Italiana. Yeah. yeah. But um, the only reason I brought up those, I mean, those other books, it's, those books were not passion projects for me, but sometimes. Really? The Atkins wasn't? <laughs> no, really, they weren't passion projects, but they were fun. It was still fun. And it was really interesting because I'd, I actually at Sever kind of peripherally worked on a couple cookbooks there, but it was just, you know, I wasn't super involved. Sever published um, three cookbooks, Authentic, Sever at the Cooks, Authentic American, Authentic Italian, and Authentic French. And they were big, beautiful, oversized books with incredible photographs. Some things <clears throat> probably repurposed from issues of the magazine and other things were original content, but really beautiful books. But I hadn't had, you know, book experience. I had had magazine experience, and it's different. And um, those were just, like, great learning experiences for me And in terms of sort of how to make a cookbook. It is. It seems like something, oh, you just throw some recipes together and you, put, you bind it, and it's a cookbook. And, yeah, you could do that. But, you know, when you're doing cookbooks for commercial publication, there's – stuff to learn and um and at the same time sarah jenkins and i were buddies in new york Mm -hmm. sarah jenkins who um now now become a Maine. yeah she's back in maine she was born in maine nancy her mom nancy Herman jenkins who's Mm -hmm. a great cookbook author in her own right and incredible food historian that's one of the more prominent voices on food yeah she's incredible i love nancy and um she is i think she's 84 i might have her age wrong by like one or two years in the wrong direction well i think we're but yeah (laughs) anyway she's in her 80s and you wouldn't even know it she just like i mean i don't know what in your 80s not everyone in their 80s that I've met is as sharp as Nancy Harmon Jenkins. Yeah. I don't mean to be ageist. Oh, I'm just saying Nancy blows my mind. I did, she uh, blows Maine my calling. mind. I did an, 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 an uh, episode of Maine Calling with, it was myself, her, and uh, Sam Hayward. Oh, oh I think that I heard that. super I think fun. I, Nancy's great. great. And I love her voice. Yeah. I love her voice. I could listen to Nancy. Anyway, Sarah and I were buds in New York, and... Um, I think I said to her, you know, you should do a cookbook or I would love to do a cookbook with you. And she said, I would love to do a cookbook. And finally, one day she said, I'm ready to do a cookbook. Do you want to do it? I mean, that was really so it's called Olives and Oranges. You have it right here. It's still one of the things that I love about this cookbook. I mean, it's a cover that still looks really fresh. I don't think it looks dated at all. There's nothing dated about that cover. And it's not the whole book doesn't feel, you know, the book still feels really fresh to me. And I think that's, you know, 
a lot of cookbooks end up feeling kind of dated. Covers feel dated. Yeah, food Covers should never are, get are dated unless it's like casseroles and right. That's a, true. And whatever it's like, you know, you there's nothing in that. It's like when people I think talk visually about, though, it's like a st- right. the style. Yeah, it's style like, is you know because sure. you think about the 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 cookbooks today. Remember when you probably remember this because you love cookbooks and you have this great big cookbook collection and you're kind of obsessed with it like I am. But do you remember when? You first started realizing, because I, I think you are going to relate to this, you look at cookbooks from England, produced in England, and they were all kind of a same size format. I don't know what the size is in my head. Maybe it's like, I don't know, 9 by 12 or 8 by 11. I don't know. Not, not 8 by 11, but they were a little bit bigger mm-hmm. and had no, they didn't have jackets. Okay? Like... All the cookbooks in the U.S. had jackets. And they had these just really beautiful covers, like just graphic design elements that were just different than American cookbooks. And I just remember looking at those and thinking, I want my, you know, I want my cookbook to look like that. Like, I like that. And what era would you describe that? What era of... of, of- I'd have to think about that. Maybe it was the 2000s. You know? oh, okay, so people like Simon Hopkinson and. and Maybe it was that. Kind of, yeah. Well, well, I guess his books have, but have now, jackets, but uh, think about no, but our, they're beautiful. Our books now, yeah. I feel like, look a lot. You know, all these books by influencers yeah. now, like Molly Baz's new cookbook or. Um, the Snacking Cakes book. I'm blanking on her name. It's a really great book. But, um, or Eden Grinchpan's new book, newish book. Um, I don't know. A lot of the books have that kind of look to them now. Anyway, I am way off on a tangent, but. No, not at all. Sarah we're and talking I, about cookbooks, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're talking about how this book looks, what olives and oranges. As far as the concept of can a cook, you know, how, what yeah. makes a cookbook dated or not. And yeah. And I actually was talking before about like my first cookbooks being the South Beach Shine and Atkins cookbooks, but those books, those books, I do, when I think of what are my first cookbooks, I think more of Sarah's book with me that we worked on together. Well, there's other kind of cookbooks almost. You picture them to be at like borders in the self-help section yeah. more than in the and cookbook section. And they were good. They're good know? books. It's just, yeah, they I just think do those what... taught me a framework. Right. They, they weren't, which was so important. And actually, I'm glad I learned it on those books with teams. You know, when, when Sarah and I started working, we had a way more of an independent um, experience. Yeah, generally really successfully... Uh, for people, their their most successful thing is their very first project, but it's one of the most important <laughs> projects in in building that foundation. Yeah, building you know? the foundation and kind of learning the frame, like you know, the framework. Cause and you can definitely like, have fun with that kind of book, whatever. It's, yeah, uh, it's like you a, know what? You know, it was like, fun because the people were. Fun. You know, sometimes it's like you take a job and you're like, uh. Sometimes you're just like, you know. A lot of people are. Ta- you know, I was taking the job for money. I needed. That I was. Um, yeah, that's why I started know, doing. For a uh, gig. That's why I started doing deal a meal. You know, is because I need money. You know, and I was like, I gotta, I gotta look better. 
uh, for the people. Do you remember Deal and Meal? I don't know what that is. That was Richard Simmons, um, which actually Richard Simmons, oh. he did a lot. I think he's he's sort of, you know, sort of pigeonholed into this very gimmicky character because he is now, but in but in he seems pretty pretty damn happy. But like his books are, if you read some of his older his first books, they're a they get like pretty brutal. They're just like you know you think that. You know, you think that uh, people say fat is jolly. He's like, do you think dying early is jolly? Do you think not being able to make it up the stairs without being is jolly? And it's like being very, you know. But then he had this thing. And of course, it was sweating to the oldies. But it's called deal a meal where you got cards. <laughs> and they, of course, different colors on them. And you had a little portfolio wallet thing. And, you know, being a husky kid, you know, my... <laughs> Try die. It was like a, I was like a younger kid, and you you know you basically would put your you get to fill the wallet each day, and your choices were based on the values of the, of the cards. Oh, like if you're gonna have oh. a Big Mac, it's gonna cost you like these cards, right. but that's gonna right. fill your your right, wallet up. It's like your budget, right? You had like a budget exactly. Where and if you have so healthy snacks like right. frozen green jolly green giant broccoli, you know <laughs> those. Cost cost you less in your in your deal meal and why am I talking about this? I yeah. couldn't I couldn't tell but you. I just thought of old things and old like, things. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where like how that came up, but well, I was talking. About, I think I was thinking about diet books. Oh, diet books. <laughs> and yeah. I was like deal a meal. Now that was a diet. Oh uh, yeah, that's that's I would say a very creative take. I mean, I still remember it. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, it I must think, have you had know, some sort of enduring quality. Yeah, there's so many ways that, you know, and things that work for people differently about like Weight Watchers has points and things like that. But exactly. So, speaking of which, yeah, Sarah but, Jenkins cookbook. Yeah, getting back <laughs> so to Sarah's and oranges. So, Sarah, yeah. So, I'm just, you know, how, yeah. Now, then, is there, are there entries in this book that show me how many cards I'm going to have to use in my deal on my wallet those, if I make these That recipes? is a good, I think Richard Simmons would appreciate this book in terms of it is a Sarah's food is, you know, Mediterranean, Italian, and Mediterranean. You know, she, this book I would not call Italian. And we actually, I remember when we were working on the subtitle of the book. And the subtitle. Well, I mean, Cyprus, yeah, everything is right on the on the front. Spain, yeah. yeah. Recipes and flavor secrets from Italy, Spain, Cyprus, and beyond. Because Sarah, Sarah has, I just wanted to say a blip about her because I love Sarah. And I was just up at 9 of June, her restaurant in Rockport, which is really special. Having an incredible meal just last Friday night. And um, you know, Sarah does a lot of Italian food. She's spent a lot of time in Italy and she knows Italian food really well, but she brings in a lot of influences from the great, from the broader Mediterranean, which is fun. So she, you know, loves doing you know, Middle Eastern influence stuff and just not even influence like real food from real dishes from, you know, other parts of the world and, and Spain too. So this book I don't know. I still love it so much, and um, I still think it's a f it's a fresh book. Yeah, even though that was a long time ago in my career, you know. I think it might have been two thousand. I think, if I'm remembering correctly, that 
that book came out around maybe it's 2005 or 2006. And in 2000, 2000 excuse me, in 2005 and 2006, you know, people weren't using Zetar and that was, that didn't come, that didn't, oh, yeah. beca- that didn't become trendy until what, 2016? Right. right. And know, actually, like, yeah, I was 15? just talking to um, somebody who is, I won't say hey, because it'll be coming out soon. There's going to be a nice little article coming out in one of our local favorites. And um, we were talking about on, on me and related to cookbooks. And we were talking about, um, what I learned from some of these collaborators I worked with. And I was looking through the books. I got to sit down with all the books, you know, and, and look back. And it was like traveling back, looking at the pages of all these books and going through every page thinking like, oh my God, I remember, you know, being in the kitchen, working out this recipe yeah. with whoever I was book I was looking at. And one of the things that I was tasked with to, was, you know, telling the writer what I learned from these collaborations, what I might have taught people in the collaborations, you know, how we exchanged knowledge, basically, and working together, which is so fun, because as you know, and I think you love so much too, cooking, food people are constantly learning. I mean, that's the brilliant thing about working in this industry and being obsessed and passionate about food and cooking and eating and just, it is, you know, we could live super long, long lives, which hopefully we will. I got to knock on wood. I'll, um, I, you know, if anybody listens <laughs> to this, they, they know I don't have to, they, they know, they know my anyway, story. Anyway, yeah. And but we will never will we still no matter you know how much time we would have, even if I didn't have to work and I could just sit around and read cookbooks all day, which is a little bit of a fantasy or food magazines or whatever. Uh, I mean, that's to me a or just cook all day and and every day. Novel are pretty much the same. Like I definitely read them. We would now we wouldn't be done learning. No, you know because there's just so much to learn. So anyway. I said about this book, Sarah, you know, one of the great things about working with Sarah was I hadn't, I hadn't heard of Botarga before mm-hmm. I worked with, before I worked with Sarah or Chestnut Honey, which if you're listening and you haven't tried Chestnut Honey, which I still think is kind of an obscure honey, you know, get out there and get some Chestnut Honey because it is so good. Yeah, again, and again, things that, and I hate using the terms in vogue or trendy, but just right. as far as people really discussing it, Botarga was another thing. I mean, obviously people being Botarga for money, whatever, but it didn't become a, a, an, a, an ingredient or an item on a menu that people would recognize right. until fairly recently, as far as universally, yeah. you know, if you're super into food. Right. And right. And Zatar is, or another thing that I learned working with Sarah was about fennel pollen. Yeah. You know, there were, you know, we were, I mean, yeah, it was great. And well, just, I actually those, got to go to Italy with Sarah. Yeah. Just talking about those three things makes me really happy. I know. Those <laughs> right things now. are Botarga. I, um, I'm i going to ask for Botarga for Christmas, actually. Um, yeah. Because Botarga is pretty expensive. Well, I think it's actually, I would, I would argue <laughs> I that, that it, as a present. It goes into almost the caviar level of luxurious. It's not, I mean, obviously you can spend, I think, a lot more on, on 
Yeah, but Butarga's pretty expensive, right? I don't... Butarga is expensive, but it, I think it lasts longer. It's not as like caviar. You could just like, you know, basically eat the whole thing in one mm, You sure swoop. can. Right? Woof it right down. <laughs> but Butarga's, best. you know, kind of a fishy, salty situation that you don't need to use the whole and you can keep adding it to, to dishes you know, and it just keeps. to give that depth. Yeah. It keeps. I remember Sarah giving me a lobe. I think it's referred to as a lobe. A lobe oh, of Butarga, It goes by the right? lobe. Okay. I think so. I'm actually I'm not, not sure. I, I don't know. You know how animals are like a pride of lions and a this of that. Because Botarga is, is, is mullet, right? That's yes. The, okay. Yes. Dried. Dried mullet. Yeah. yeah. Row. Row. Yes. So super. Salty. What's that? Hope I'm right. Please, we, you know, we're <laughs> all, it up. We'll that's fact the thing is, we're all into fit. You know what? If we, if you're into food and 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 you get something like that, quote unquote, wrong, it's like there's no need to to judge. You just it's not a big deal. We're all into it. You know, that's the thing. Yeah. And now, when you do a book like you know, so yeah, yeah. The, the, so that was you know, the, the collaboration. That was the beginning of sort of the exciting. The really yeah. exciting cookbook stuff. What was the timeline for a bird in the oven to? Because was this the, the I first? I think that is my first book that I did by myself. Okay, I so mean, you like had done this. Own, and not as a prior. collaborator, but just as a, a, sole, a sole author. Okay, so yeah. So Bird in the Oven. Now, tell me about the process now as a solo, as as not being, you know, not doing, uh, being a co-author or, or collaborating with someone. Like, what's that process for you? I mean, that's, you're, you're, you're cooking, you're Figuring out measurements, you're doing yeah. the writing, you're, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it seems like. Th- the I mean, first thing you do is. And you're roasting a shitload of chickens. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that was, so a bird in the oven and then some was, so I had this idea. So my, my dream was, and like the book I had in me, so to speak, the book I really had in me that I was just sort of dying to write. Like when you really, really want to, you have something in mind you want to put out there in the world kind of thing was the salads book, right? which was, yeah, yeah, it's called salads beyond the bowl. It was really hard to, um, it's really hard to come up with titles for cookbooks. We can talk about that later. We can talk about it whenever you want. (laughs) We're not, but, um, Anyway, I had this idea for a book called Salads Beyond the Bowl, and uh, or I didn't have the idea for the title, but I knew I wanted to write a book about salads, and I had this idea, or it wasn't like salads, like get some greens and put it on the plate with some cucumbers and carrots, and I'll do a hundred of those and make a book like recipes like that, like green salads. My thinking at the time was that I'm obsessed with salads. I'm obsessed with putting little plates of vegetables together. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't even have to include lettuce. I say, what constitutes, a, uh, defines a salad? Yeah, well, that you? is what this book, it, you know, I had this thing that I made with blueberries, feta, and mint, olive oil, salt, and pepper. You should try it. It's really good. All right. And that's like a little salad, like a salad. And it's funny, like talking about Israel, just to talk about that for like a second. When you go to Israel, you really see like they are, right? right. Like they, you know, might have like 500 different kinds of 
things that they refer to as salad and it's not, you know, a plate of greens with, with stuff on, you know, with other vegetables. So I had this thing where I was obsessed with salads and I had a very broad viewpoint of what salads were. And so I ended up getting this book deal in a meeting with this publisher and my agent who I think was just was just starting to work with this publisher and said well I have this client who I would love to put you together and see if it's good chemistry and you like her ideas or whatever and I just said I talked about that blueberries feta and mint thing in a meeting and like I got a book deal based on them based on that I mean it was that's pretty incredible. Right? One of those things where, yeah. It's also really easy to it was just a, to taste that in your, you know, just hearing that. Yeah. It's easy to taste it already before you actually have and it. And all of, like, olive oil. Yeah, and, easy flavors to imagine. Yeah. yeah. And it's Together. so good. Mm-hmm. Everyone who tastes that, well. it's sort of like, it almost made me sound strange, but when you try it. And it, okay, I just also want to say, eat that as it, on its own in a little bowl or put or put it next to a lamb chop like it works either way you know anyway this sal this book starts off with what i call elemental salads which are just a few things on a plate like i haven't looked at the book super recently but you know there might be something with uh like fennel, olives, and oranges is a, I mean, that's kind of everywhere now, but that's like an elemental salad. It's like three right. things. I and mean, people, well, would it, technically like a gremolata be a salad or is that more of a? That's like a sauce to a me sauce. or okay. like a, con, or maybe So like when condiment. does it become a condiment rather than a salad? I'm not. I think it was not, I'm like, not trying to, I'm not trying to beat a dead horse here, but I'm just yeah, curious. I mean, gremolata, you kind of, you put on top of something. Right. You could put. You could certainly put any of those things on. You top could of, put any of those yeah. things on top, but they're kind of more. They're not like finely chopped up little right. stuff, you know, like herbs and lemon zest and or garlic. Hidden, like you could Hidden really Valley Ranch. <laughs> <laughs> That's chopped up stuff. Have your travels involved Hidden Valley at all? I know you you were talking about Israel. Um, now there's a valley. Like the, the... You might not be able to find oh, it because the reason is that it's hidden. But <laughs> are you talking about the what, salad dressing the, company? Well, that's where they make the ranch at the uh, the Hidden Valley. It's a magical place where you know <laughs> they they just like grow Schmigadoo? iceberg lettuce. <laughs> they just grow iceberg <laughs> and they make and they make the Hidden Valley Ranch. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I do like an iceberg wedge. Absolutely. I mean, it's so refreshing. It's I, people, refre- yeah. And it's like, at this point, you, it's not like anything the, yeah. new. To, it isn't anything new. That that did come back. But well, I'm saying it's not anything new so to good. acknowledge its merits because yes, it was that's true. demonized that's true. for a while. Yeah, it was demonized and then uh, it got cool. I mean, a lot of things like right. that. A lot of things happen like that. The things that come yeah. back around. People right? like, it has no nutritional value. And you're like, a lot of the things you eat have no <laughs> nutritional value. A lot of, I could like, list Skittles. them out. Yeah. I was like, I could, I could make a list of all the things I've seen you eat today <laughs> that have no nutritional value. Right. And you're sitting here talking about iceberg? Like, Yeah. Anyway, this salad book has lots of different... There's a whole chapter on potato salads and pastas. Like, potato salads don't have to be just... You know, it just kind of expands your idea of what what things can be. You know, how you can use different 
you know, different flavors of, or I don't know, different ways of thinking about the salad. Would you like more coffee, by the way? I'm good, thank you. Are you sure? Because I'm sitting here hogging all the coffee. Yeah. Joe's going to be, I thought, you'd want, gonna, I thought you'd want some coffee, but you're. I know. I can't, yeah. I don't, I can't really drink coffee yeah. after like one o'clock. Guess, guess who shouldn't? Me. <laughs> But I do. I need to go to sleep so I can wake up for tennis tomorrow morning at 5.30. Oh, really? Yeah. 5.30 a.m. tennis. 5.30 wake up. Okay. So that I can have a lot of, like a good deal of coffee and have a little something to eat before the 7 o'clock tennis time. And I also have to get there and I have to be on time. So So like a a bowl of little chocolate donuts. That's what I would recommend. No. Not the, that's more for pole vaulting. I know. Yeah, I, I'm yeah, getting them yeah, all mixed yeah, up. Exactly. I'm getting these training meals completely mixed up. Yes. <laughs> so, but bird in the oven. So you yeah. asked, like, and then you asked. So bird in the oven actually was fun. So well, it's a book entirely revolving around the art roast of roasting chicken. a chicken. Roast chicken. Yeah, the art of roasting a chicken and what you can do. Well, and what you can do with the leftovers. Now you'd be like, what do you mean leftovers? I don't have leftovers when I roast a chicken. And why would anyone have leftovers when they roast a chicken? But I'll tell you what, where this came from. Because I married Steve, who's still I'm married to. And Steve was a, like allergic to chicken, if you can believe it. A lot of people are like, what? Allergic to chicken? I've never heard of that. I've heard allergic to eggs, but I've never heard allergic to chicken. So right. Steve was allergic to chicken. So, and I love a roast. You know, I love a roast. Who, yeah. who doesn't love a roast chicken? Steve. Unless you're, you know, Steve or <laughs> yeah. vegetarian and vegan. Right. Or f- fishitarian, pescatarian. <laughs> pescatarian. F- pescatarian. Yeah. And in which I would totally understand that you wouldn't want to eat a roast chicken. But so... In our, you know, when early days, when Steve, if he had to go out of town for a few days for work or anything, I would be like, I'm going to the store and get a chicken. I'm roasting a chicken. Because what, you know, you don't want to make things that people aren't going to enjoy. So I was like, I had this opportunity to, and then, but I, one person doesn't eat, you know, me. If you're me, you don't eat a whole roast chicken. One person, most one people don't. So, I mean, yeah, you know, generally. your leftovers. <laughs> yeah. And then I would make all these other stuff with it, you know, all these other dishes and things. And that was the, because I had this salad book in mind and that publisher wanted to not only give me a book deal, they wanted to give me a two book deal. I don't know why, but <laughs> they did. And then the editor didn't want the salad book first. She wanted the, mystery second book first but i had the you know, idea like, for the my, salad book. yeah but what's on my mind more right salad book and she said we'll come up with something else and i was like well where so we had i remember we had lunch together and she kind of helped me she just said like think about your life think about your life think about you know things are always any mm, a lot of creative endeavors are come out of your own experience so she was smart to say that you know and it also things are better when it's authentic it's it's much it's certainly much easier to write about that's for sure it's easier yeah (laughs) Yeah, when you have something you know when you're writing a book yeah 
you know, based on something you supposedly love or are inspired by. Right. But I mean, it's definitely one of the challenges of being a professional food writer. Right. Is sometimes, you know, sometimes it, it, you bang it out. Sometimes you can bang out 1,200 words in like 45 minutes because you're just so into it. And then right. some restaurants, literally you stare at that key. You, before you type your first letter, it's like seven hours. And you'll just yeah. literally find anything else in the world to do. Laundry, yeah. make dinner, <laughs> you know, sit someplace else. Vacuuming. You know, vacuuming. Sweeping, literally, dusting. yeah. Take another shower because maybe in the shower you'll <laughs> figure out how you're going to start this You can this relax story. so right. your, your mind can relax. And it's a restaurant you just aren't that interested in, but you're like, I've been, I, I've been right. commissioned to do this and so I have to do it. Um, right. Right. Which is is pretty rugged. So the funny yeah. story about the a bird in the so, oven. So yeah, is that uh, so? Our mutual dear friend uh, Carla Tracy. Yeah. Uh, she actually won this book when it first came out. That Bon Appetit did a giveaway. That's right. And she won it, and it was given to her by our other mutual friend uh, Julia, Julia Bainbridge. Bainbridge. Yeah. yeah, who's also uh, has written a really great drinks book. Yes. Recently that right. I am very familiar with because I tested the recipes. I w- well, I was I was along that for the research. Book. Yeah. Yeah. I actually love that book. It's yeah. a non-alcoholic drinks book. Yeah. We went we, we went around cool. and and she had non-alcoholic drinks and I had very, very alcoholic drinks and a lot of them. And uh, yeah, I was like, "This is going to be fun. We get to meet each other, and we're going to spend you know sp- wow. spend the day going around." That is cool. And yeah, you I bet to... you guys had a good, great time together. Oh, we had a yeah, wonderful time. She's delightful, yeah. and also she has a great podcast. Uh, oh, well. she does have a great podcast, yeah. "The Lonely Hour." The Lonely Hour. It's Fantastic. a great. It's a beautiful idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, bird in the oven. Yeah. I ha- I actually roasted. Well, just coming full circle and. And then I'll get off the bird in the oven story, but a friend of mine was doing the PR for a um, really amazing chicken company whose name I'm going to have to look back in the book and because I thank them in the well, acknowledgments. Allow me. Here you go. Yeah. Thank you so <laughs> much. And um, she told me about the chicken and I – and. The guy, whose name was Steve, I'm forgetting his last name, and I feel bad, but it's just been a while, um, offered me to some of his chicken to try the chicken. It was uh, Murray's chicken. And um, I said, sure, I'll, tr- I'll try it. And I roasted one of the Murray's chickens, and it was so good. I mean, just absolutely fantastic, phenomenal chicken. And he said he would uh, give me as much chicken as I would like to well, write this book. The... Just give it to me, you know. Yeah. And um, I almost want to find his name because I want I want to thank him again, Steve Gold of Murray's Chicken. There <laughs> Which, we go. Not, I don't know if he's. Or still we can call doing... him Murray Chicken. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, Steve. The... He was such a sweetheart, yeah. and um, my friend Robin Inslee had um, hooked me up with him, and. Um, so I, I just got as many chickens as I needed from them. And I started roasting the chicken and Steve early on, I mean, he would want to eat chicken, right? you know, he would just think, try, Oh yeah. my God, it smells incredible. I really want to eat this chicken. And so one day I was just, you know, in the middle of, te- you know, developing recipes and early on the first few recipes in the book. 
And he just was like, I just have to have a bite. And he ate it and he was and he was fine. Because a really good, well it was a really, raised yeah. chicken. Yeah. Makes a huge difference when you eat all the was, stuff they know, put in commercial free, chicken. Hormone free, antibiotic yeah. free, really, really pure, amazing yeah. company that just really cared about what they were doing. And then we only bought Murray's chicken. I mean, it was like I could not buy another brand of chickens and I didn't want to. And I feel like this was... I haven't seen Murray's chickens here. I think it's a region might be somewhat regional. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Now I'm wanting to like get a chicken. There is enough interest in that sort of thing now that you can find right. companies like that. You can find good chickens, um, which is is great. Same thing with you know with 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 bakeries where it's like this bread is so is absolutely it's handmade. You know naturally to the point where if you believe yourself to have a gluten allergy, you'd probably be fine. You know, if you believe yourself to be gluten intolerant, I should say. Right, to gluten intolerant. Um, and well, some ancient grains that are, I've I've been recently learning a lot about einkorn. Einkorn? Einkorn, the grain einkorn. E-I-N-K-O-R-N. It's German, the, yeah. It is the most ancient grain. Really? It's the original wheat. Yeah. And um, it is really nutrient dense and it is you know it is pre-industrial you know from before we industrialized we and it's non-hybridized is what i'm trying to say unhybridized wheat i feel like we could have a whole yes whole separate discussion there's a whole learning tunnel i'm like i could go up on a whole tangent about yeah but instead i I, I think we gotta yeah but but i think that's but I, I think that just yeah, this just is, knowing that he was able to it's a, to yeah. digest and, and enjoy this yeah. this chicken so, and to show so, the which you was know, important because I had to yeah, I had to roast a of ton of chicken. chicken. I mean, you gotta eat. One thing about cooking, make you know writing cookbooks is you don't just get to make a recipe a day like super leisurely. You've got to pump out a ton of food. You know, you have to be developing a lot of recipes and redeveloping and I mean, test your you job know. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because then, 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 and then there's, you know, more food literally than you can put in a normal refrigerator. Yeah. So we lived in an apartment building in New York at the time, and my neighbors, you know, I'd have to call them and say, you have to come now with your Tupperware, like right now. And get the food because I I don't even have a counter to put this yeah. on. So some would say that you were a, a good friend to have uh, it was, during yeah. that period of Tom time. Tom and John, it, who lived downstairs, they were chicken. the best. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were the best, oh. and they were always up for it. And they yeah, and they were around, so it was good to yeah. Anyway, and then I wrote other cookbooks and. Well, then yeah. there was you know because the, there's you know and there are books that are very. Like I love the, the 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 passion of that book, and the salad book, and it's it's a very different feel because it's yours. You know, it's right. They it's, are different. It's you and and I love that your cookbook writing career is 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 as varied as it is. You know, I mean, you've got that. You've obviously got you know Sarah Jenkins, then Gail Simmons. Yeah, Gail. Who we we are. Gail is one of my closest friends, and we've been friends very close friends since before Top Chef happened, you know? So that was just, you know, different time. Yeah. And 
How do you she's feel still about, as uh, lovely and amazing yeah. as ever and one of the most generous, sweet, incredible humans that and I would say the same about Anthony Porosky, who yep. who's you one know. of your more recent uh, yeah. and, and, and collaborators and, and who actually so of course Anthony from from Queer Eye. Right. Uh the sort of the Ted Allen of the the right. new the new guard the food guy uh, if you will yeah you know what's funny is how many places that I see Carson Kressley now all of a sudden he just reappeared and he's like I mean obviously this is like Drag Race which I love RuPaul's Drag Race I don't know if you watch that it's delightful I don't but I should it's delightful and ridiculous and wonderful and it's it's great but yeah so Carson's generally one of the judges on that. Um, then I'll see him like hosting like a barbecue show or like, I don't know. It's, it's really funny. Like I didn't, you didn't hear about him. I thought for a little while, you know, and then here he is. Here's, here's Carson. I almost one day I was driving in Freeport and I turned the corner right by the McDonald's and I almost hit somebody wearing green pants. Uh, cause they were crossing the street at the same time. And it was Carson, which I thought was interesting. I, I don't know. I'm sure he doesn't remember that because. I was because I'm such a good driver. I did not strike this pedestrian. I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> Maybe the green pants were yeah. like a war, like yeah. you know that sort of like knocked right. you out of whatever. It would have been like one of those in. Marcellus Wallace moments where you, you and know, you're like you, wait, there's a person with green pants. You, I've got to stop. Yeah, Mar- his were yellow, but yeah, the, these were green. Anyway, I got I got a little sidetracked there, but I mean at the same time, not really because queer eye. For the or when back then it was queer eye for the straight guy, right? Uh, laid the foundation for the new for the new show. the new guards, you know, for yeah. for Anthony and you know and, and JVN and and the and the whole and the whole crew. Yeah. So, so Gail, Anthony's we knew delightful. each other yeah. and we were close close friends before the book happened, and we are still, you know, we had worked on projects together. She had, you know, brought me in on some things that just because, you know, she knew my work and we, she knew me. And so, and cause Gail's like that, you know, and she, um, we worked really well on some small things together. And then when it came time, you know, she said she knew she wanted to do a book and she would be like, she would say, you know, when I do a book, I would love to do it with you. Who else am I going to do it with? She would, and, uh, which was very sweet anyway. And then when we started getting serious about it, we were like, should we do this? Are we going to wreck our friend? You know, like we want to make sure we, Yeah, you know, because as we all know, gonna... you, you work together. That's... But you know what? It was the best. Yeah. We had such a good time. I enjoyed working with her so Product much. Product of that, of like, course, was bringing it home. And this is an home. intimate, you know, writing a cookbook is a very intimate thing because it's so personal, you know? Um, so it was really fun because, you know, you get girlfriends get busy I mean in life and then you don't get to see your friend as much or talk to her as much and it was like we were we got to talk to each other every day because we had to because we had to work together so you know it was like when it was over when we were done with the book even though when you're done with a cookbook you're like oh my god I'm never doing another cookbook again it's hell yeah but then you do because you you know forget the hard parts and (laughs) Anyway, we were like sad because, you know, and Anthony, I, we didn't know each other. I actually, yeah, how did to be, you quite, end up to up be quite honest, I didn't, I did not really know who Anthony was. I'd sort of heard the name, but 
I wasn't watching the show and I can be a little um, oblivious sometimes on certain TVs things because I just don't I'm not paying as much attention like I was the last person You're on busy earth playing to watch tennis yeah just too and, much and tennis roasting chickens and so. chickens <laughs> it's fine like sex in the city you know you didn't watch Sex and the City? I did, ultimately. What, did watch you watch it? it? Let me guess, 2017? I watched it, like, <laughs> after, not that quite that late, but it was, like, most people had already seen. And then I started watching it, and I was like, this show is so great! It's and funny that you want to talk about it with people as if it's the new thing, and they're I know, like, um, like, that was a bunch of shows ago. Yeah, you're like, oh, my God, okay. Mr. Big. He's, I know, I love it, I love yeah, it. So yeah. good. I didn't think I was going to love it so much, but it was sweet. I loved it. I've been rewatching The Sopranos uh, as of late, which well, I'm going to tell one. you, I have not watched that show. See, it's Oof. like I miss well, you know certain yeah. things, but I had but you yes, know, but me. some people have more things to do, like write cookbook. Like honestly, uh, yeah, those things know. a lot like, of times energy focused in a different place. Yeah. yeah, they're wonderful, but you know these the the, the I think the culture of binging shows yes. these days is a time suck, and it's like a, I pick and choose my. I'm actually I I'm I don't know if you caught me saying. Schmigadoon a minute ago. I sure didn't. You said Schmigadoon? I said I Schmigadoon. Miss- Chris, please, can we confirm she said Schmigadoon? <laughs> you heard right? you picked it up? Which is, okay. I'm I just, gonna take I've your only word watched for two it. episodes, but it's actually, oh, have is you that a seen thing? it? It's oh, I don't thing. even know what that is. Oh my gosh. It's Lauren Michaels' new silly show. And I'm not going to say anything else. I did not think I was going to like it, well, but Ted Lasso had started with the again. 99 documentary. Dune, yeah. And we just kind of did a double feature one night when with the second season of first episode of Ted Lasso. And then I was like, well, it's the fir- also <laughs> happens to be the first. So you see, I spend plenty of time watching this. <laughs> so you know. You know. That and, you know, when is Stranger Things coming back? Well... Uh, and it's funny. I've never watched Stranger Things. Oh my gosh! I, 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 okay. I don't know why. It's not because I wouldn't. Everything about it screams I, I would like love it, it because I, I love the eighties. Like I play D and D. And if you see down here, I've got Dungeons and Dragons like coffee table book. Mm-hmm. Um, played plenty of D and D. I feel like I should watch. Actually, you know, I think you should uh, because I. It's a very. Am, it's uh, a great show. I don't know why it's great, but it is. Add. I just my it just caught my eye over there. I just I have the two episodes of Art Culinaire. I see that, uh, and those are the you know what the significance of having those two. That's the it's the last one they did recipes and the first one without recipes. Oh, interesting! I haven't actually thought of or seen that book. I mean, it's a it's a magazine. Book. I mean, it's hard to book. call it a magazine. I don't know, right? I like. What is I it? want to. Say, I don't. It's a. It is a. Um, I'm blanking. There is a name for such things. Oh, uh, shit. Chris, please. We should know. Any help? <laughs> it's, a, it's a journal. It's a How journal? about that? I mean, it's a hardbound journal. It's not a graphic novel. No. No. It's a, I don't know. I, I think. It's European, yes, right? It's European. Yeah. <laughs> That's but, but as far as like you were it's talking about. a version of a journal, I think. Really like, pretty food photography. Right? I mean, it is. I think the these days it's just certainly one of the gold standards that always kind of yeah, and that's from. kind of art culinary is kind of old school, right? Like I don't yeah. think a lot of people I, I yeah I, I whenever I see those I tend to try to to grab them. I mean yeah, like it's it's pretty old school if you have like a subscription. Oh right. It's also 
it's like it's like you you'd be better you'd pretty much be less expensive to have to like to each year update your encyclopedia britannica right uh, right know. remember the art of eating ed bears uh i do the journal art. i would say yeah. it was a journal from out of vermont the art of eating i remember wow That sounds, it's, it's super, yeah. I don't know why. Uh, Just really long form, no photography. Yep. So kind of like the, like when the style Cook's Illustrated sort of adapted. Not, I don't even know if they had recipes. Cook's Illustrated, definitely a recipe thing. Right. Anyway, look. It's making me want to go over to Rabelais and see if he has any. Oh, Rabelais. We, yeah. Well, I miss, I obviously love Eventide, but I miss when Rabelais was in Portland, even though I, I think I that, wish that I, I was here then. The I wish in, that uh, I was here then. Yeah. yeah, it would have been like amazing to just be able to go over there just without having to drive to Biddeford. Not that driving to Biddeford is a big deal. It's just. Sometimes it, it, driving to Biddeford feels you know? like a bit of a big deal for me. And it should. Yeah. It I know it shouldn't. None of these things should. Like even coming to Yarmouth to hang out with Joe. That's. Well. Like, no, but Yarmouth, you know, I guess you're just this, like. You, when this is busy, where it's going you know? on. Everything <laughs> is happening right I now. I think it looks pretty. It's cute here. It I want to right? check it out more. But you're on, down on Main Street. Yeah, we're on Main. Where we're we at do 84 it. Main. Oops. Should I say? Yeah. We. We'll 84 Main Street. Yeah, yeah, don't we'll tell anybody where I live. Yeah, no, I, I think people. I don't want. Not I don't want yeah, throngs of fans out. showing up. So, Chris. yeah, if All you're right. a fan and you want my address, you can yeah. check out our Patreon, and uh, <laughs> I will personally message you. Now, uh, while I don't want, like I said, I don't want to jump too far off of it. So, Anthony, obviously, you have in the kitchen is the first cookbook, but you've done the second cookbook. We have with and Anthony, it's, and that's it's coming, coming out. out in. Like a month, in fact. I was gonna, yeah, I wanted to know. So a month. So I think the date is. I should know this, but I think that our pub date is like September fourteenth or twelfth or thirteenth, something like that, or eleventh. I don't know. It's right around there. And it will be focused more on entertaining for groups. No, it is not, not focused on entertaining for groups. It is called Anthony. Let's do dinner, and. I am really excited about the book, but I just want to say it. The cover is hot. It's it hot. is well, really hot. Is it I mean, is Anthony on the cover? I mean, he is on the cover. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, Anthony will you know naturally be on the cover of his book versus just like a picture of roast chicken. <laughs> Listen, some would say. It all depends on what, what mood you're in on any given right. day, I guess. You but know? it is such a cute cover. I mean, it is hot, and I say that I don't personally, like, maybe because Anthony is a friend of mine, and we work together so much, I don't, like, go gaga over Anthony. I go gaga over his personality yeah. because, you know, I truly love him so much right and we're not we're not you know this podcast isn't, isn't really time magazine you know right <laughs> the sexiest man yeah, although i was talking about man, richard simmons earlier man. he's a yeah he's a he's like he's sexy but he's just so cute like he's such a sweetheart i think well, he's genuinely he's know, genuine yeah. and actually yeah. it comes he's through in the writing guy. uh because in, in when i read uh in the kitchen i mean Aww. it has that sort of 
it's very accessible as you would expect it to be, but it's 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 also and you did a great job with it just feels very conversational. Yes, and Anthony know? is super conversational too cuz like you know, it's easy working with him. It's wonderful working with him. And we you were asking how we got connected which and it and it just sort of came through his literary agent is used to be my agent's assistant like back in the day day you know i've been doing this for a while so the people grow up yeah and yeah. they get like the big <laughs> time jobs and he yeah yeah he you know that assistant to my agent became an amazing agent in his own right and works with anthony and is friends with um I work with the same agency that I always worked with, but I work with someone else in the, in there. Another person who is more the age of Anthony's assistant. So anyway, those guys are buds because they used to work together at the agency that represents me. And, and the editor on Anthony's books was my editor on the book with Sarah. Oh, and she's actually, perfect. I just want to mention her name, Rox Martin, because yeah. she is one of the OG, amazing old school editors from back in the day. Like, I don't know how old Judith Jones, I don't know if they're the equivalent age, but I think of Rox together with Judith because let's just say it's a generation of incredible editors that really were involved in the books that they edited, which you would think an editor would be really involved in the book. Uh, right. But I think I don't think a lot of but people necessarily think different. about the, you know, like the average person doesn't really think a lot about that part of the role, you know, they mm -hmm. kind of, you know, see the cover and, um, which right. I guess, as you said, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to the cover, oh, yeah, the cover of, of, of the Let's new book Dinner's when that great. comes out. And I didn't even answer your question, which is, the book is about dinners because it's called yeah. Let's Do Dinner. So nice dinners, doable well, <laughs> but really nice dinners. I can get down with dinners. You can kind of have any time, but you could also have when friends come over. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, you now a couple things you've kind of segueing away from uh, from cookbooks. A couple of things you've talked to me about uh, sugar kelp vodka. Mm. Is one of the things, <laughs> uh, which is definitely intriguing. Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, I've talked to you about kelp because I started working with Atlantic Sea Farms, um, doing some PR consulting for them, uh, coming up soon on about two years. Um, because Melissa Clark from The Times was here in town, in Portland, Um writing a story about them. And my friend Robin, who connected me with Steve Gold from Murray's Chickens right, back right. in that day. Yep. Well, Melissa and I have known each other, but not well. And I don't even think I had met her in person, but we had emailed before. You know, just, you know, it's a small, wonderful world. Whether you're, if you're a restaurant person or a writer, you know, people know each other and they're, I have found in my work as both a 
restaurant and back of the house restaurant person, yeah. chef waiter first, then cooking for many years. How long was your restaurant career? I cooked for, I would say, about six years professionally yeah. in kitchens. And it was in the 90s. And there oh, weren't, well, it was like. We are a big fan of the 90s. Yeah, a big, big fan yeah. of the 90s. <laughs> That's and nothing wrong with that. Everybody yeah. loves stacking food. And the reason it's all I'm about saying, stacking the, reason the food. I'm bringing that up in terms of the era is, you know, it was like, there. it was before the Food Network. So yeah. be, there was no such Which is, thing as a celebrity huge chef. Huge cultural then. shift. Yeah, a, ma a major cultural yeah, shift. Yeah, pretty like much the most seismic gigantic. cultural shift yeah, in it's the, the horse world. And buggy to the car, basically. Yes, it has. It has all the, yeah. There's, it, there's everything the goods, and then there's that. the bads. Yeah, yeah. Once the Food Network came out, it was just a totally. It was like scene. the same thing as when the first time they aired the Osbournes. Yep, and there wasn't, you know, there weren't many women working in kitchens at the time, and if if they were working, if women were in kitchens, mostly they were in the pastry department. So it was a different time. But I lo I loved cooking professionally i just in the long term could not see myself living that kind of lifestyle for no well, the most, rest of my life. most people yeah. generally and you cooked too no I, I was always front of the house oh i, I thought you cooked in, in restaurants 40, i don't know why I three different that. restaurants maybe because i know you love cooking so yeah much. exactly that's why i never right. worked back right. in the house because i didn't want it to feel like work also i'm, I'm yeah. kind of lazy and i i don't have a good work ethic so i feel like being in the back of the house oh, would hard. make it a little yeah. more problematic whereas i can fuck off in the front of the house all day and just make pretend to do side work but then just really just you know kind of talk to people and make people laugh it and is then, fun in the front of the house because you yeah. get to be your gregarious you're gregarious and friendly and warm yeah. and that hospitality thing that you definitely have i'll be honest if i could still do it if i still had the patience for people to do it i i i would go because it's, it's also funny right i mean you got restaurants like you have restaurants out there offering $1,000 signing bonuses to front wow. and back of the house wow. employees because oh that's, that's how desperate people are because nobody wants to work in restaurants anymore. And it's like, honestly, if I could do it, I would totally go three nights a week and bang. <laughs> although, <laughs> you know. although the problem is, I think when you're an old school guy, like I'm not even old school. No, it's but like, true. It's true. It's, it's just a different place. It's not, it's yeah. not what you expect it to be and you go into it yeah. and then you sort of then you you feel like a dinosaur and yes. you're like uh okay well, i'm that, sure it would you like that scene in uh in in, in in billy madison which i'm sure you've seen many times i don't know i don't you think celebrate seen that. adam sandler's entire catalog but anyway he pulls up to the school he goes back to school essentially um as an older person and pulls up as if it's still the 80s and is like trans am blaring that song uh, is it Billy Squire? Is it Stroke Me by Billy Squire? Chris? Sure. All right. <laughs> it is an Ario Speedwagon t-shirt on. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> I think now, now that I'm discussing that, Chris, how are we doing on time? Um, We're at what? Oh, okay. I, I have I have twenty more minutes before that's. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, you know, time. we were talking about kelp. Yes, we were for a sec, and I just wanted to say I've I am doing a lot of 
the taking the scenic route to get to you know the answer to your questions but you know i think that i generally prefer to take the yeah scenic route. the scenic yeah, route that... you know can be nice and tony likes a scenic route too hey so. tony <laughs> you can come up here if you want yeah well he will he does he's on his own he he doesn't want to snuggle <laughs> right now <laughs> So yeah, sugar um, but kelp. yeah, so I met through yeah. Melissa. Melissa, you know, long story short, Melissa Clark came up. We said we were gonna, we wanted to, um, we were emailing before she came, and we wanted to get coffee or um, dinner together. And then when she got here, she realized that she was not gonna have a free moment in her few days where she was visiting with Atlantic Sea Farms, Bree Warner. And Jesse Baines yeah, and the crew over there. And um, she could, for a story she was writing, and they just like, had a lot to show her because there's a lot to that story, and it's really interesting. So she said, um, oh, my God, I'm not going to have a minute to have free time to, to do other stuff, so why don't you come? Krista Desjardins mm -hmm. was doing a... Um, and a kelp breakfast just for Melissa. Oh, cool. And Brie, you know, for Melissa and Brie. And they invited me. Oh, what was that like? Melissa invited me to uh, come. I didn't know Brie at the time. And it was, it was blow your mind because it was Krista. Because it's Krista and she could pretty and much. And yeah. she, oh my gosh. Like, I hope, I just, Cannot wait for the purple house to yeah. come. I mean, Krista I just, can pretty much do like a plywood breakfast. Krista and I think is. It would be I've heard some other people in our world say, you know, I've heard some people say she's the best chef in me. I mean, she's. Yeah. Krista I would, I would, is, I would, I would you know, yeah, sure. one of the best, you know, meals. That kelp breakfast was insane and so good. And really, probably one of the best meals I've ever had in my life. She, yeah, she did that a few different courses. It was oh, two honestly, years it ago. Really surprise me. I don't have the details in my mind right now, but I did take pictures and and write down everything. And um, anyway, and that's how I met Bree, and I was completely blown away by the mission of Atlantic Sea Farms and what they were doing. I, I've done a lot of work throughout my career started when I was cooking professionally in the sustainability space, which was also not something that people were talking about 25 years ago when I was a cook in restaurants. Um, there was a, I was working in Cambridge at the time I was cooking when I was cooking. I lived in Cambridge and cooked in Boston and Cambridge. We haven't talked about Boston, but it sounds like you lived there too. I lived in Somerville and worked in Somerville. Boston. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I lived in Cambridge and yeah, it was good times. There was there were some <laughs> there were some really cool <laughs> chefs and it was a really tight knit chef community like it is like what I see here in Portland, which I love, you know, the I mean, maybe I'm romanticizing what I think I see in Portland, but, you know, people, you know, being advocates for each other and allies and friends and I don't know. 
from making that up, but I, f- I have found that in the food world in general, like yeah. you and me, like that time I called you when we were working on a project and I had a total meltdown. <laughs> we hardly even knew each other, but I was like, Joe, I need to talk. I just like had a mind and I was I'm I like, I like got your back. I know you exactly you were like, what you're you talking can, about. You can swear. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you can cry if you need to. Um, but anyway, um, I have long been involved in sustainability efforts around food and um, have done a lot of work in that space at different times during my career. And when I met Brie and learned about what she was doing with Atlantic Sea Farms with kelp and um, helping um, coast, you know, fishermen in Maine diversify their incomes in the face of climate change and other things that are going on, and that we have, you know, a fishery that you know is largely dependent on lobster because of you know what's happened to other catch and also the climate change issues and that kelp offsets and and pulls nitrogen and carbon from the water and it's delicious umami nutrient dense delicious sea vegetable I mean there were so many things about it that were are interesting to me and I was you know I just remember saying to her will you have coffee with me I just want to learn more about this and long story short I ended up um starting to do some PR for them a couple almost a couple years ago now and that kind of opened a door to me I was still for me that's what I'm trying to say open a door for me to kind of explore another side of the media business of food media and communications in terms of pitching stories and working with you know people in my network that I've had for a long time and then also making new connections with new journalists and writers and editors and it's been really interesting I didn't think I would like PR but it seems to suit you really well, though. I mean, and you're able to so far, choose so good. the client. Yeah, and the clients yeah. you choose are, are what you believe in. and That is, yeah. That's a privilege, right? I yeah. Mean. I I feel like I've been really lucky in the sense that pretty much for my whole career, I have been, I mean, I am an extremely passion-driven human and uh, am happiest when I'm doing something that I really believe in and care about. And mm, I would say everything that you have on the table in front of you, all all these books books Mm -hmm. and things that I've done and tons of writing, you know, articles and things that I've written for various publications have been things that I are very authentic to, you know, who I am and what I get excited about or care about or believe in or just, you know, yeah, I feel pretty lucky. (laughs) <laughs> that makes me very happy yeah thanks joe <laughs> and i feel like you know so thrilled to live in maine um yeah you have pretty good base of operations for yeah you want to do right now yeah it's a really great place to live and i've lived in new different parts of new england at different parts of my life. And this just kind of feels like the best of all worlds to me. Well, so yeah, I happen to agree with you. Yeah, you are, uh, you know, you're one of those people that, you know, 
when I hear that you have you, you, that you moved here, uh, I, was, I was just I was completely fascinated. I was just like, wow, that's uh, th- I'm like that's a really great addition to our team, <laughs> you know, if you will, the roster, <laughs> you know, uh, the lineup. <laughs> um, not that I put myself on the same level of view uh, as a writer, but. Uh, yeah, I couldn't be happier that you're here, and I couldn't be happier that you've come here today to, you know, to share with us. And I mean, that's it's like I like I said, I really, I could have spent uh, this entire time just rattling off all the things that you've actually done, specifically. You, you know, like I, I could literally, I could you, your resume, I could have spent the entire episode discussing. So. I just want to thank you for for joining us, and I hope you've had a good time. And I appreciate you know you hope you've learned a little bit about uh, '80s uh, diet plans, <laughs> and I guess Adam Sandler movies. I don't I know what's Richard wrong with me. Simmons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do too. I mean, he was you so know, yeah. I remember his like you know leggings. Yeah, well, right, this or spandex or whatever. Sweat into the oldies, <laughs> uh, or no? Was it, it was one of the oldies? And he was he he wasn't jazzercise though. Yeah, I would say it's jazzercise. Uh, I thought I thought I think he was one of the oldies. I think jazzercise is another thing, but I think they're all kind of the same. Okay, okay. Anyway, I feel well, like thank you, that Joe. Is a perfect place. Thanks for to, having uh, me. You are uh, you are very welcome. Thank you again. Uh, I'm Joe Riccio, and this is the Food Coma Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>